Amen. Okay? So, Le the book of Leviticus is divided into three sections. And the first sections are comprised of chapters 1 through 17. And those chapters are all about sacrifice. Sacrifice being the way to stay in right relationship with God. In the Old Testament, that was their way of staying in a close connection with God was by sacrifice. It was the way for them to communicate to God when they messed up. Then they had to bring an offering, a sacrifice to the Lord to say, okay, I'm going to do better. Sometimes they brought offerings and sacrifices to the Lord just out of thanksgiving. Sometimes they brought offerings to the Lord in, in remembrance of the good things that he's done. So, um, they always practiced bringing a sacrifice that, as being the way to connect to God. For Christians, we, there is only one sacrifice that's already been made for us. And that sacrifice is Jesus, our Savior and Lord. But in Old Testament times, in Old Covenant times, offerings and sacrifices were a way of life. So let's talk about the different kinds a little bit. One offering that was, was a part of the ones that are prescribed in the book of Leviticus was burnt offerings. And they were voluntary offerings, and they were to express praise to God and submission to him. And people would offer up their animals, lambs and, and sheep and goats, to say, Lord, I praise you, and I want to do what you want done with my life. I want my life to reflect you. There were also uh, what they called grain or meal offerings. And they were voluntary. These were thanksgiving offerings. Thanks to God for his goodness and provision. So they would bring grain and put it on the altar. They would bring meal, flour created out of grain as an offering, as an offering of thanksgiving to the Lord. There were peace offerings that were made. They were voluntary, uh, and they were designed to show appreciation to God and joy because of being in relationship with him. So sometimes the peace offering was just for the purpose of saying, Thank you, Lord, for putting peace in my life, putting rest in my soul. And if you think about the nation of Israel at this time that we're talking about, um, and who was their leader? Let's pause there. Who was their leader when, when all of these laws were being made, when all of this holiness teaching was being put forth to the nation? Who was the leader? Moses. Moses was the leader when all of this was being put out. Because remember that we, when we studied before, we said the first five books of the Bible were written by Moses, and they were written by Moses when? 
Does anybody remember? They were, being, they were written when they were at Mount Sinai. And what were they doing? How were they functioning? How were they behaving while they were at Mount Sinai under Moses' leadership? Cutting up. Cutting a monkey like all the time. Whining, complaining, being fearful, fussing and arguing. Remember, remember way back, they, Every time they had a problem, what were they doing with it? Bringing it to Moses. Moses fixed this. Moses fixed that. Moses do this. Moses do that. And then they were, they were, in the, they were at Mount Sinai in this wilderness place, and, they were, and the Lord supernaturally provided manna for them how many days? Every day. How many, how many days did manna fall from, from the sky? Six days. And what were they supposed to do in the six days? Save enough for the seventh day, right? And so, somewhere along the way, you read the Bible, somebody didn't do that. It's like, I ain't doing it. I'm going to get my own for tomorrow. And they did, and it went rotten immediately. So, so, so these are the people that Moses is leading. And so, and so why would you think that the Lord would lay out something like Leviticus chapter and verse do this, don't do that, do it this way, A, B, C, one, two, three. Why? Because hmm? he had rebels. Because <laughs> he had rebels. Because he had people like us, hard-headed, cutting up, prideful, arrogant, snotty, too smart, too big for their own britches. So, here's Moses out there with them. The Lord said, write. While he's leading, he's still writing. And what we have here in this scripture is what he had to write about holiness. And, and so, he's giving them in detail how to be holy. Giving detail how the priests need to be holy, how the people need to be holy, how you need to bring offerings, what your offering need to look like, what your offering need to smell like, what your offering need to be like. Don't bring no broke down offering to Jesus. Don't bring no broke down offering to the Father God. Don't bring no limping. Don't bring no limping sacrifice. Bring, bring a clean one. Bring a spotless one. Because he told his people, be ye holy for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. So, so I want you to see that when you're reading the book of Leviticus, I want you to have a bit of a context to see that it wasn't just, oh my God, it's going on and on. He keeps saying the same thing over and over and over. Why was, Moses, why was God through Moses saying the same thing to his people over and over and over? They needed to hear it over and over and over and over and over. Okay? All right. So... I think I mentioned peace offerings. There were also sin offerings. Moses was a great writer, wasn't he? My Lord, he was many talented, wasn't he? Leader, priest, prophet, writer, author. Amazing, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so sin offerings. 
Sin offerings have to be offered for intentional. If you deliberately did something wrong to get back into right relationship with the Lord, you were required to make a sin offering. That was mandatory. Then there were guilt and trespass offerings that were required if you were guilty of breaking the law of God. So the Lord got a lot of those offerings, right? He got a lot of those kind. <laughs> okay. All right. So, sacrifice. Then there were sacrifices as ways of connecting to God, and then there were sacred occasions, days of remembrance that are outlined in the book of Leviticus. One of them is the Day of Atonement. And that's the most sacred day of the national life of the nation of Israel, also called Yom Kippur. It was a time to reflect and repent. Is Yom Kippur still celebrated? Yes, it is. How long has it been being celebrated? Since Leviticus, right? <laughs> Since Leviticus was wrote. Correct? Okay? And on that day, there was the remembrance of the goodness of God. There was sacrifice for the sins of the whole nation. So Yom Kippur is a day that's celebrated by the Jewish people around the world. To this day. Sacrifices for the sins of the nation. Usually it's a day of fasting among the Jewish people. Um, and in Old Testament time, uh, the sacrifices that they were to give were for, for that day of atonement were goats. One goat was, was, was killed as the offering on the altar, and the other goat was released to go out into the wild, the scapegoat because they would pray all the sin of the people would be placed on that scapegoat. They would bring that goat and put all of the sins of the nation on that scapegoat. Taking all of their sins, putting it on that sacrifice, and letting it go. Who does that remind you of? Jesus. All the sins of the world laid on him, on Jesus, all the sins of ours put on him so that who gets to go free? We do. Are you seeing Jesus here in Leviticus? Okay. Chapters 8, 9, and 10 in Leviticus are all about the priesthood, and I'm not going to go into a whole lot of detail, but you need to read it because it's full of detail. Tell them what kind of clothes they need to wear, what, the, what kind of fabric the clothes need to be made of, how they need to wash and bathe and wash and bathe and wash some more. <laughs> because they were serving a holy God. And if, and if they were going to do that, they had to be pure before God. And there's a lot of teaching in there about uncleanness. In the lifestyle. If you do this, you're going to be unclean till, till 6 o'clock in the evening if you don't clean up. 
whole lot of that in there for the benefit of the people. Amen? Amen. So, the next section of Leviticus, um, chapters 18 through 27, are about our walk before God. And it talks about the sacred days, the festival days, the observances. The first observance was performed weekly, which was the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath to what? Keep it holy. That was for worship and rest. Then there were special days annually. We talked about one before, the Passover. What was that to remember? They, did, they, they, celebrated Pas they celebrated Passover every year. It goes on for eight days to remember what? When the death angel passed over, that over the Hebrew people while they were in Egypt to show his great love for them when they put the blood over the doorpost. And the Passover was the precursor to the Exodus. Did y'all know that? Yes, we knew that. Say yes, we knew that. <laughs> okay, there were other feasts and festival days. The Feast of Tabernacles, the seven-day celebration. The Day of Atonement, we've already talked about. The Feast of Trumpets, another festival day. The Feast of Unleavened Bread, and the first fruits. There were some celebrations that only took place every seven years. One was called the Sabbath year. And in the Sabbath year, that was the year when the nation was called to believe God. Say believe God. 100%. So, so they they were instructed, on, the, on that year, you don't got to plant no crops. Let the land rest. I will provide. Supernaturally, I will provide. And so, and so in preparation for that, sometimes they would store up grain in the granary and, and all of that stuff, put stuff, stuff aside so that on that Sabbath year, nobody had to work and labor for food and provision. It was provided supernaturally. I said supernaturally. I said supernaturally by God. Somebody said, well, that sounds really strange. I, I, don't, I can't imagine that ever happening. I can't imagine that ever happening, but I can. And some of you can. Because some of you had a Sabbath year and didn't ask for it. Didn't know it was your Sabbath year. Because you weren't working. No money was coming in. Scared out your mind. Crying all the time. But God. But God. Jesus. The word is alive now. You didn't ask for it. It just showed up. Somebody got a testimony of a Sabbath, a Sabbath year. 
Somebody's had it more than one time. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that, I'm excited. Glory to God. And then there was, there was one uh, celebration called Jubilee. And the Jubilee celebration came every 50 years in their history. And in the year of Jubilee, all debts were forgiven, land restored, service released, blessing flowing in great abundance. Hallelujah. Okay. And, and, and somewhere in here, in this Bible, it says that we have a jubilee. And our jubilee has a name. And our jubilee is Jesus. Hallelujah. We ain't got to wait 50 years. Because he's here right now to provide for us, meet our needs. My God, he's awesome. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. My God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There also was a, a celebration called Pentecost. Amen. And uh, that turned into, for us, the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost came, amen, to stay. Because in Old Testament time, the Holy Spirit would come every now and then, amen, and, 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 and rest on a person for a specific purpose. But now he's here for us when? All the time. All the time. So, the sacrifices, many of them were animal sacrifices. Why? Why? When you read Leviticus, you see all this, this animal is being slaughtered and put on the altar and that one and that one. How come? A blood sacrifice was required. That's exactly right. A blood sacrifice was required. Okay? So um, let's, let's look at this a little bit, and then I'm going to let you go. Leviticus 17. It's going to answer your question. Why are they always killing up animals and all this whatever stuff? What in the world? Are you there? Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. Are you there? When you're there, say amen. That's three. That's not everybody. <laughs> All right. Leviticus 17, verse 11. It says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. Verse 12, therefore I said unto the children of Israel, no soul of you shall eat blood. Neither shall any stranger that sojourneth among you eat blood. Go down to verse 14. For it is the life of all flesh. The blood of it is 
for the life thereof. Therefore I said unto the children of Israel, ye shall eat the blood of no manner of the flesh, for the life of all flesh is the blood thereof. Whosoever eateth it shall be cut off. Flip over to the book of Romans. Blood sacrifice was linked to the fact that, that life is in our life is in the blood. Romans, are you there? Chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Are you there? Romans chapter 8 and verse 2. Beginning at verse 2. And it says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. What was the law of sin and death? Right, the law where you have to make sacrifices over and over and over and over and over. Okay? So, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3, for what the law could not do in that it is weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? After the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So what is it saying here about the law? Verse 3 says, for the law could not do in that it was what? Weak. Hebrews chapter 10, last one. Hebrews chapter 10. Are you there? Verse 3. It says, But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. You see that? But in those sacrifices there is a remembrance again made of sins every year. Meaning what? When, when that was in full operation, when the sacrificial offering system, when the blood sacrifice on the altar system was in full force, there was a remembrance every year of the sin. Verse 4. 10.4. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. The blood of bulls and goats was to cover, not take it away. 
Verse 5, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me. Who was that making that statement? Jesus. Having a conversation with the Father, saying, no more burnt offerings, I am it. Because, verse 6, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast had no pleasure. Why did the Father have no pleasure? Because they kept doing the same thing when? Over, 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 over. And so he found a solution. One sacrifice for all, forever, for all time. The spotless blood of Jesus. No more need for blood sacrifice. That's, when, that's why you hear that song say, Jesus paid it all. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that awesome? Isn't that wonderful? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Um, verse 8, above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hadst pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come. To do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. Took away the first system, established the new system. Relationship with Jesus Christ makes us faultless before the throne of God because of relationship with him. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Let's stop there tonight. Isn't it good? Good word. Glory to God. Hallelujah.